this podcast will fail. And that's probably okay. But I could be wrong, so who knows? Episode 60 of this podcast will fail. And I am your host, but I am just some guy. Uh, Who I am is completely irrelevant to the conversations that I come here to have with you and with myself. And I am moving full steam ahead into season four of this podcast. And uh, the theme this month is uh, coming to terms. I was actually explaining a little bit of it to my good friend, uh, Caleb, who actually, with any luck, if things go the right way, uh, will be a future guest on this podcast. I'm really keen to talk to him and get him his insights on some things. But the, um, the idea is to use this month and this time and this space to... Uh, walk through some of the the things I've experienced in life, some of the things that I've gone through that that shaped who I am and and why I do the things I do and live the life I live and and what those what those um, influences were. But honestly, I think a lot of people uh, shy away from trying to address the less uh, positive. Right? People don't really want to spend too much time on those negative experiences or those really challenging times. And I, I think I understand it because even I had a moment of hesitation when I when I look back at uh, the uh, episode I posted yesterday talking about the, the, the life and, and the uh, untimely passing of my mother. I think it's risky uh, in the sense that you don't want to turn it into a great big pity party. That's not, that's not what it's here for. That's not why I'm here. I'm not here to try to elicit some kind of sympathy from people because frankly, everybody's got shitty things in their life. Everybody's got stuff that they've had to deal with and go through and family members that caused different levels of, of pain or frustration, life experiences that just test you and challenge you at every possible turn. So no, it's not 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 that, right? It's not here to to go ooh boo hoo me, look how bad I had it. But I also think that most people don't allow themselves to truly come to terms with the things that they've experienced in life, and that is that is my goal uh, this month. That is what I'm going to try to accomplish in little bite-sized nuggets with you here Monday through Friday on this podcast. Um, so I, I talked about my mom yesterday and I, I think I did that because I know that I need to talk about my dad. Uh, and that's, that's a harder one. This is definitely a, um, a tougher one. So once again, I'll beg your patience and forgiveness if I, um, have to collect my thoughts from time to time. And if I, if I do happen to stutter and stammer just a little bit more than I normally do, um, I hope that you will uh, forgive me and, and stay with me. Okay, so I mentioned yesterday that my parents got together very young. Uh, I think that my oldest brother came along when my mom was either 16 or 17 and, and they got married. Uh, they, I believe they were high school sweethearts. Um, 
I actually don't know as much about my father's life as I wish I did. I never was able to get to know him, and I'll explain why as, as we move through this, but I've just got like anecdotal pieces of information about him and about his family. Uh, I know that his father, uh, my grandfather, who I knew growing up, and we would go and see him, um, you know, every couple of weekends. I would spend weekends with my dad, and we would go see him. I know that my grandfather uh, was a um, Native American uh, tribes member. I know that he grew up um, in the in the, in one of the uh, northeastern tribal areas. And uh, that, there was a lot of influence there. It was always good to go and be able to see him and spend a weekend and learn from him and, and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I know that that was also a broken family. Um, I've been told at various points throughout my life that my father had siblings <clears throat> that were somehow separated. Uh, that my, my father ended up with his dad and... Somehow the other kids ended up somewhere outside. It doesn't quite square. Um, there's something about it that just doesn't pass the smell test, but I don't. Other than investing money in Ancestry.com, I have no way to know what the true history of that stuff is anyways. But um, this, my dad came from a broken home. I know that. I know that he had uh, maybe a better existence based on the, the, the woman that I knew to be my quote-unquote grandmother, um, you know. But uh, my dad was a troubled individual. And I know that he went into the military right at the you know height of Vietnam. And right out of high school, right, um, he, he enlisted and he went and he fought. Uh, my understanding is that he did a tour of duty with the uh, army first as an infantryman. And when he uh, reached the end of his first contract, he actually then uh, moved on to the Marines and, uh, and enlisted in the Marine Corps and, and um, went right back into, right back into battle. I know that he saw a lot of, uh, I guess, you know, what do they say? He saw a lot of action, you know, he saw a lot of rough things. Uh, he, the big story is that he was, um, he was a service member on the USS Forrestal, which is a, um, you know, a battleship or whatever aircraft carrier that, um, burned that the, um, there was there was a, a horrible tragedy on the deck of the USS Forrestal, and a lot of a lot of uh, airmen and soldiers and, and Marines died. Um, my dad survived. My dad once in his life he recounted a story of um, coming up the elevator with his commanding officer and the door opening and just a a world of fire and and guys running around everywhere and. That they were trying to pull the bombs off the wings of the planes and roll them off the side of the ship to get them away from the fire. And he, he saw bombs explode and he saw, you know, people killed. I know that he ended up in the water and swam around trying to pull people dead or alive out of the water. And I know that all of that had a very significant impact on him. <sighs> Biggest thing is um, my dad wa was an alcoholic. And, um, 
unfortunately, he was a very um, drunk, abusive alcoholic. Uh, and, and his drinking tore apart my family. And it took a while. My, um, my oldest brother is nine years older than me. The middle brother is two and a half years older than me. And I know that my parents divorced when I was three. So it was, a, it was a long, you know, there's a bit of a run of time there from when he got back from the war and, um, and whatever turmoil happened. My mom did not like to talk about it. My family didn't like to talk about it very much. Uh, her extended family and aunts and all those, they just kind of talk about, yeah, you know, him. And, and that would be as far, they never really wanted to explore it. Um, the, uh, earliest memory I have of my father is hearing shouting in the kitchen. And I was, I'm pretty sure three, I guess, maybe, maybe coming on four, somewhere in there, three or four years old. And I heard my parents, uh, fighting in the, in the kitchen. I get, I get to tell you right now, I gotta, I just gotta tell you, like, I'm shivering, um, as I'm trying to go through this. So it's like my chest is like shaking, like I'm nervous. Uh, so I went into the, the kitchen and I saw, you know, them fighting and I saw hands up in the air, you know, waving hands around and shouting and, and, and grabbing and you know, this is this is again the perspective of a three-year-old I saw my father uh, shove my mom backwards and she actually connected with the um, corner of the cabinetry right so like a very sharp corner uh, hit her back hit the floor and and he left and I don't remember what happened after that. I don't, I don't, that's where the memory stops. Um, I have a, I have a memory of being, so, so he remarried, right? And I would, there was visitation. So I would go just about every weekend and go stay with him and his, his new wife. And, and she had a daughter who was a little bit older than me. Um, those two uh, eventually had a, a daughter, so I have a I have a I have a I have a, a stepsister out there, and I have a half sister out there somewhere. I've never seen either of them since, by the way. But that was another abusive relationship. Um, I remember whenever I saw him, he was drunk. I never ever saw him sober. Um, he would wrestle around with us once in a while, but it would always go just a little bit too far and, and I would get bumped or I would get, you know, thrown on the ground and he'd kind of laugh it off. And, um, you know, he was just, that was just, that was just drunk. It was funny to him. Uh, one time I remember I got into some kind of stupid argument with my baby sister. Uh, I think I must've been six or seven. And, uh, you know, she screamed bloody murder and he came out and 
grabbed me by the arm and didn't even, I don't don't think he said anything. He just grabbed me roughly by the arm and like just threw me across the room. And, And I didn't connect with anything, thankfully, but I just, I have that memory of being launched <laughs> and uh, crashing on the ground. The other, the only other memory I have is shortly before that marriage fell apart and she ultimately left him. And there were all kinds of things like restraining orders and all that stuff. But um, I have a memory of my oldest brother being there and getting into an altercation with my father and... Uh, I remember my father basically shoving him just about through a wall. I think it was the the wall that would connect to the basement stairs too. So I just remember thinking, my God, he's going to go through the wall and go tumble down the stairs. When I saw when I saw him connect and the wall buckled, you know, and the, the the drywall break and he partially goes through it. That was uh. That was one of the last times I saw him for a very long time. Um, so you kind of move on with life at that point, right? He he disappeared after that second marriage. I turned into <laughs> I turned into my own version of him um, as a young teen. It's something I will discuss in much greater detail later this month. Um, as I have a very fateful anniversary coming up and I'll talk about that then (sighs) saw him again, um, years and years later, I found out that he actually did completely go off the deep end, uh, did find himself as a permanent resident in a VA facility as hospitalized inpatient, um, on Thorazine and, and, uh, you know, heavily medicated and, you know, that, that it was that the 10 years that he was gone, that was apparently where he was. He was quote unquote, <laughs> a family member used to say locked up at the VA is where he was. So we surfaced again when, um, when my boys, my two oldest boys were, were, you know, little kids, six something years old, six, seven years old. And, uh, and we got invited to, this uh, pool party at his house and he he was just so different he was just so not not didn't look the same didn't sound the same looked much he looked like grandpa at that point you know my father had morphed into my grandfather uh and uh and he had a great day we did a barbecue and a cookout and he played with my sons all day and, and again, swam with them in a kiddie pool, a plastic pool out front. Did all of these things to, to make a great day. It was just, it was really amazing. It was the first, like, real positive experience I ever had with him. And then he, uh, and then he disappeared. Literally. Like, no word, without a trace. House was sold, and he's gone. Don't know where he is. Don't know where he went. Didn't say nothing to nobody. This is, by the way, with his third wife. <laughs> uh, that's, I don't know. I don't know where they met treatment or something. And um, they just gone. They're gone. There's an interesting couple of times through the years where at one point I was the one defending him at one point. 
you know, like most of my older teenage life, I was the one that was saying, I hope he's okay. I hope he's out there. I wish I could see him. Whereas my two older brothers were the ones that actually got the brunt of the physical abuse. Uh, didn't want anything to do with him at that point. And it was, <laughs> it was after that when he disappeared and left me uh, standing there with my two little boys, so to speak, wondering where's grandpa. And again, he, you know, he had his reasons. I don't know what his reasons were. But uh, he left, and um, I didn't want anything to do with him after that. I was like, okay, buddy, look, you know, I, I've, I, if you ever pop up again, that's fine. I don't care. The interesting juxtaposition is he did pop up, and we found out that he was in, like, Las Vegas or something. Um, and uh, my older brothers sought him out. <laughs> they sought him out and looked for reconciliation. And, um, I never understood why I really didn't because at that point I was just like, you get, you idiots, you're the ones that got the shit beat out of you literally. And it, it, I, I don't know, just time turns in weird ways, uh, for different people. I got a, uh, an email from him at one point, And I think this was when I was probably about 30, I think. Somewhere, but yeah, somewhere, maybe around age 30. I got an email from him. And it was interesting because he he, he, he didn't write very well. And like you could tell this is a person that has um, uh, brain damage in a way, right? He, his sentences are kind of incoherent. This rudimentary ability to spell words and sentence structure was interesting. I could see like, I remember reading it and thinking, wow, that is what Thorazine does to a human uh, mind. And, uh, basically in the email, you know, it was, it was like a quick paragraph of, I miss you. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I love you. That kind of thing. And, and, and I just remember the last line of the email said, uh, please. And he said my name, he had a nickname for me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> Maybe this is a quick, quick moment of revelation. Maybe this is why I don't want to use my name anymore. I don't know. Probably not, but I don't, you don't know my name and I'm not going to tell you my name, but he had a nickname for me and he is the only person that has ever called me by that name. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a natural shortening of, of this name. You know, it would, it would make sense. I wouldn't be the only person to ever be called this. And he's the one that said, he said, Hey, you know, please, it hurts. That's how, that's how he ended the email using my nickname that he called me growing up and saying, please, it hurts. I was, I was mad. I was so mad. I was like, how dare you? How effing dare you? And so I wrote him back and I, and I worked it out in the email back to him and said, look, it's not going to happen, right? There's no, there's no coming back at this point, right? I, and I, and I walk through some of the experiences in life. Not every, not everything I've said to you here. I didn't, because I also, when I was writing the email, I also recognized that he may not have had the, the cognitive wherewithal to, to understand and follow everything I was saying anyway. So I didn't, I didn't put it all in there, but I, 
I basically said, look, I, I was the one, I was the one that defended you when everyone else wrote you off. And when you finally came back into my life again, you, you stomped on it. You, you, you insulted and disrespected it for whatever your reasons are. And, and by the time I'd finished writing that, I understood that I, it was okay. Right. And I think I like, I got it out of my system at that point And I felt, I felt okay about it. And I said to him, look, you've walked in and out of my life three times. If I'm counting correctly, you have broken my heart plenty of times. That's fine. And, and, and everybody lives their life and moves on said, but the thing is you can go ahead and break my heart all you want, whatever, whatever gets you there. You, you break my heart. That's fine. But that day you made my sons fall in love with you. And then you broke their heart. And that was a bridge too far. That is where I say, no, 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 no. Cause the, to God, up until he became an adult, my oldest son, every couple of years would ask the question, when are we ever going to see grandpa again? I don't know, buddy. I'm not sure. And it, and it wasn't until, you know, he finally became an adult and I could finally start to articulate to him who his grandfather was and why we never saw him again. But I could never, ever help him understand why grandpa walked away. Again, I know, I know he had his reasons. I know that he felt guilty about all the things in life, but I don't know. That wasn't the way to work through guilt was to, to just pull up stakes and run when, when you were so close to connecting and, and making something, uh, of a family again, after all the mistakes and all of the hurt and all of the abuse and all of the damage, you had a chance and you blew it. And you broke my son's heart, that's when you lose me, you're done. And there's two more things I said to him in that letter. I said, one, I want to thank you. I said, I know that sounds weird, but I want to thank you for showing me the wrong way. Because the only thing you ever gave me in life besides this face, because I look just like him, the only thing you ever gave me in this life was an example of how not to do it. So for that, I'm grateful. And, um, and I said, at the end of the day, I don't hate you, but I also don't need you. And I have zero interest in letting you into my children's lives, fully understanding that all you're ever going to do is break their heart. So, you know, good luck to you. I wish you nothing but the best and do what you can with what life you have left. And I said, I just, I don't need you and I don't expect to hear from you again. Goodbye. And that was that. And I never heard from him again. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> he passed away last year. Um, I will admit that I, I went several years without honestly knowing whether or not he was still alive. I had no idea. Uh, I knew 
you know, once in a while I'd see pictures of my brothers going out there to Las Vegas to visit with them. And I guess, you know, they, they, the two of them fully resolved all of it. Apparently, you know, broken bones are mended. Apparently broken psyches, uh, can be somehow cobbled back together, I guess. I don't know. But, um, I was, uh, was at, um, uh, cookout with my kids, uh, July of last year, I think it was, it might've been September something like that. Maybe September just before, uh, just before, um, the new school year started. That's right. And, uh, we're, you know, we're just, we're, we're, we're having a cookout burgers and dogs. we got the, you know, the oldest boys have their girlfriends there and everybody's just relaxing and telling stories and playing. And we got our puppies with us and we got, the whole bit, beautiful park on, on, on a lake and just having a great day. And then my, um, my Facebook messenger goes off and this time it's not my sister-in-law. It's my, um, it's the middle brother. And, uh, he's messaging me to say, Hey, I just thought you might want to know, uh, dad passed away. Um, Oh God, no, I knew, I knew, I knew more. I knew more. Oh crap. I'm so sorry. I'm telling this story out of sequence. <laughs> uh, I'd known previously, no, it was my, Jesus, it was my sister-in-law. It was the same sister-in-law that told me my mother had died, had written to me the year before and, uh, and said, Hey, your, your dad was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, stage one, um, uh, prostate cancer. <laughs> I was never less moved in my life. So, yeah, okay, thanks, whatever. You know, good. Hope he hope he recovers. Don't care. Moving on. So then it was, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I left that out. But anyways, fast forward a year to this past this past September and getting the news that he's he's passed away after just a year at stage one, lost his battle. Um, I said, all right, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> I said, sorry for your loss. <laughs> uh, I've never seen eye to eye with my middle brother on just about anything in life. We're, we're as opposite as you can get. And I, and that, that was an intentional shot across the bow. It honestly was. But then I got a message a little while later from my oldest brother saying, hey, I don't know if Steve got a hold of you, but, uh, you know, dad's gone. So, yeah, no, I know. You know, hope everybody's okay. That's fine. I moved on. I never got any kind of closure out of it. And, and I don't know that saying any of this out loud gives me any kind of closure on it, but, but it, it does let me say out loud a lot of things that I never said. And, um, I don't know, timestamp and document a lot of these scattered thoughts and negative memories and, you know, just trying to put it all into something that I understand going forward as because I'm on the back half of my life, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, I'm not looking at any more than probably 25 to 30 years more of, of being on this world before it's my time. So I know that I need to account for these things and work through these things and make the best uh, out of what I have. Um, my father had a lot of impact on me. He made me 
skeptical of people. Um, and, and for a lot of years I, I didn't trust anyone and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really, really until I met my wife that I started trusting people again. And when I met my father-in-law, uh, my father-in-law <laughs> was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer four years ago and was given six months to live and he's still with us. So it was, you know, Hey, you know, your dad's got prostate cancer stage one. Yeah. Let me tell you about my father-in-law, the man I actually respect. So, so the, sorry, there's the one, one last little shout across the bow of the universe and whatever. But, uh, whew, there's that. Um, I hope that gives me some kind of closure. Uh, I think I just, I needed to feel myself say those things out loud and, and it was harder than I thought it would be, but I guess that's the point of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So, um, I guess, uh, that that'll, that'll do there. And, um, thank you. If you are continuing to take the time to come visit with me and listen to me monologue, uh, about these things in life, I'm, I am grateful for your, for your time and your attention. Uh, we'll come back tomorrow and, um, We'll see if I can find something different to talk about. I mean, let me get off the my life sucks pity party train for a while and do something different. We'll see. But there's more things we all need to come to terms with, and hopefully we'll talk about them more tomorrow. So wherever you are, um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Um, and, uh, you know, just be safe and healthy and have a good one.